Hello, and welcome back to the While We're Waiting Hope After Child Loss podcast. I'm Jill Sullivan, your host and one of the co-founders of the While We're Waiting ministry. This is a podcast of stories, stories of devastating loss and grief and heartbreak and struggle, and stories of hope and healing and faith and, yes, even joy. Underlying every conversation is the hope we have in Jesus Christ, which makes it possible to not just survive the loss of a child, but to live well while we're waiting to see them again in heaven one day. You can learn more about our ministry and the free bereaved parent retreats we host by visiting our website at www.whilewe'rewaiting.org. Welcome to episode number 120. Today, I'm pleased to introduce you to my friend, Becky Carpenter. Becky is an international speaker, writer, teacher, and missionary. She is the founder and president of One Day Closer Ministries, a nonprofit organization committed to sharing the powerful message of love, truth, grace, and hope found through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Becky is also mom to her daughters Shelby and Skylar and wife to her husband David. She is a fellow waiting mom and will be sharing her daughter Skylar's story with us today. I know you'll be encouraged by hearing what she has to share. Hi, Becky. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jill. I'm excited to be uh, visiting with you today. Yeah, I've really been looking forward to our conversation because even though I feel like you and I have known each other for years because we've been Facebook friends for a very long time and I've read a lot of your posts and things like that through the years, you and I have never had the chance to sit down and have an actual conversation together. So I've been looking forward to this opportunity today. The same. I mean, I know you, I follow you, um, and it just was an immediate connection, um, but we've never visited and we've never met in person. So maybe someday we'll meet in person, right? Yes, exactly. I would love that. So I do have to ask you a quick question. As part of your email signature, as you and I were emailing back and forth, you have the words, dysfunctional servant for Jesus. (laughs) Talk about (laughs) what that means. Well, you know, I think uh, it's, I I have a very animated personality. And um, when people ask what my introduction is, if I'm speaking, I typically say that because I just see God has taken the broken and dysfunctional. And that's me um, because I'm just human. And he's been able to just like the potter, just mold me into something that I would not have expected or anticipated. So I will always be a little dysfunctional. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. I think we can all relate to that description a little bit. All right. I would love for you to take the opportunity to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, a little bit more than just being a dysfunctional servant of Jesus. Help us get to know you a little bit. Well, I am married to uh, my country cowboy for 33 years. I live here in East Texas. And um, we live out in a rural area on some acreage, and it's quiet, and I love it. We have two beautiful daughters, um, Shelby and Skylar. And Shelby is married, and I have three, soon to be four, perfect grandchildren. And Shelby is an elementary teacher. I was an educator for 25 years until, you know, my life script got flipped And God called me into Mm -hmm. full-time ministry. And I was one of those educators in in a high school that I thought I would just have to be 
pulled out of the hallways because I just loved it. I saw educators as walking into their mission field every single day just because of the young hearts that are there and the the thing that our culture exposes our teenagers to. But uh, Shelby, she's following that path, and she's an elementary educator. So she chases the little ones where I chase the teenagers. And then my youngest daughter, Skylar, will talk a little bit about her. The two girls, I think a lot of parents know that their kids have different personalities. And my oldest daughter, she is one of those that was always a straight-A conscientious student. And Skylar loved coming to school for the social scene and to see what she could get away with. So um, there's those two personalities as a mom. But um, God has He has blessed our, our life and uh, the people in our family. And I just, right now, I am uh, running around and speaking up for Him. You know, that people will ask, are you a speaker? And I said, well, I'm a speaker-upper for Jesus because I know what He's done in my life. <laughs> and if I can share that with others and it encourage them and give them hope, and shine some bright light in a dark world, then I'm just honored to be able to do that every opportunity. Yes, absolutely. Now, you mentioned Skylar. You told us a little bit about her. Tell us even more about her since we're here to talk about her today. Well, Skylar, um, she was a kid that was always adventurous. Uh, she loved the outdoors. My husband is a big hunter and fisherman, and Skylar loved all things outdoors. And a lot of times she would get into a lot of trouble outdoors because she wanted to figure out how to build campfires and how to climb trees. And so we made many trips to the emergency room with stitches and broken bones and things of that nature. But she's uh, very funny and uh, she would be considered, I think, the class clown. She frequented my office in the school and as a as a principal, and it wasn't because she wanted to say hi to mom. She typically had a little discipline referral that would say she was talking too much or she was distracting or maybe she was late for class or, you know, so she never did anything bad, but she certainly uh, loved life and uh, was just a kid. The, the, the sweet side of Skylar is that she loved everybody unconditionally. She was the kid that would go into the cafeteria when there was a kid sitting by themselves, and she would sit with them. And she was the kid that if there was a new student coming to the school, she befriended them. If she saw a kid that was sad about something, uh, she was the kid that would approach them and uh, make them laugh and make them feel accepted and make them feel seen. And that's the kind of teenager she was. Um, so I'm I'm a proud mom of both of my daughters, two very different personalities, but both with such loving and caring hearts for others. And, and it's because they both had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So because he was living in them, mm-hmm. he spilled out of them. So yeah. there's, there's a lot more to our kids than their grades or their athletic abilities or any of that. It's really their heart. And when I have opportunities to talk to young people, that's what I tell them, you know, we're not here just to have a really long transcript of all good grades or a long resume of accomplishments. It's it's all about how we love others and how we allow Jesus to love through yes. us. So um, I am, I'm a, I'm a proud mama of both of my girls and, and Skylar has certainly left an impact, not just on our family, 
but and uh, all over the place when I have a chance to share about who she is. And I use the word is because the one thing I like to make sure all of all bereaved parents know is with a relationship with Jesus, you know, our kids are not in our past. They're in our future. And we need to live like we That's believe right. that because we will um, have that reunion someday. Yes, absolutely. And that's that's where our hope lies. That's, that's something to really look forward to. Um, Skylar is an unusual name. Talk about where her name came from. Well, you know, we weren't really a family that went and looked up names and all of that, but um, we we do like to be outside. And I have always just had a fascination with looking up. I just have. And so, sure. you know, the, the sky and the clouds and the sunrise and the sunset, and that's what I love to gaze at even more now, you know, now that I have a daughter there in heaven. And so Skylar was one of those that when I saw the name, trying to figure out a name for her, it just stood out. And, of course, Sky became her nickname. So we, we don't have a lot of, you know, the Hebrew name of Skylar and all of that, but uh, I need to probably look that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the just that image of the sky being associated with her and how important that is uh, to you. So in the winter of 2011, Skylar was 15 years old. Is that right? Yes. yes. Talk about what happened that February. Well, I don't know about most moms, but, you know, when you have teenagers, you have a very busy calendar. And my oldest daughter, Shelby, she had just gone off to Texas A&M as a freshman down there. Mm -hmm. And so Skylar was now no longer living in the shadow of Big Sister. And so she was living her best life as a sophomore in the hallways. And um, she was very active in a lot of extracurricular activities. She She had tried athletics and was good at it. But she really found her niche in um, FFA, Future Farmers of America. And one of the motivations for getting involved, she loved animals. And so naturally, she was she gravitated towards the animal science side of that. But she also um, loved doing things that the boys didn't think girls did very well or that they couldn't do. So she got involved in not just the animal side of it, Some young man had told her that girls aren't supposed to weld, and so that was her motivation to get involved in the ag mechanics side of FFA. And so this particular February was the competition month, so the ag mechanics teams would go off and compete with other schools. And we live up in northeast Texas, and uh, one of the big events is down in San Antonio, Texas, which is about six hours from us. And now that she was um, not living in the shadow of her sister, she had asked me not to go on this trip. And one of the perks about being a school employee, especially an administrator, is you got to go on the trips with your own kids. So I honored that Uh request and had decided not to go on this particular ag mechanic trip down to San Antonio. And so that morning, um, it was an interesting it was an interesting evening and day. And, you know, I thank God for these moments that he just allows us to remember. But we were packing her up and it was just a typical evening in our household because we were running late for all things. And so we started packing and Skylar was supposed to be packing and she was talking on the phone and she was doing all things being distracted. And so 
the evening kind of ended up with her being a typical, like she's always been. I'm packing her things. And as I turn around to get more things, she's unpacking some of the stuff that I'm packing. And she's reorganizing her socks because one of the things that drove me crazy was she always wore mismatched socks. And so the evening ended with she and I having a sock fight in a room and the clothes was all out of the suitcase. And I get to the school the next morning. And of course, we're running late because we had to pack her stuff up and add some more things the next morning. And um, her chemistry teacher stops and says, Skylar owes me a test because she had been missing a lot of school with all these extracurricular activities she was involved in. So I told her, I said, well, Sky, if you don't go in there and take that test and you have to make a 75, you know, I had a real high expectation for her because she wasn't into the academic scene. I said, if you don't make a 75 on that test, you're not going to get to go on your trip. And so she uh, went down to, we were at school early. She went down, took the test and she comes sliding into my office in her sock feet because she had left her shoes in the classroom. And she slapped that sheet of paper and she said, 76. So she, you know, she was the kid that always did just what she needed to do Uh to get by. So those kids started loading up. I went down to the ag shop to see them off. And uh, they were going to caravan on this trip because their ag projects were being pulled in trailers. So there were multiple vehicles on this particular journey. And so... I went down there and did what all moms do. You know, I tried to embarrass her in front of her friends, and I was hugging on her, and I said, Skylar, are you sure you don't want mom to go on this trip? And she looked at me and smiled. She said, Mom, I can make this trip on my own. And those were the last words that she told me because um, Mm -hmm. later that morning, a phone call came in to the office and said that the ag kids were in an accident. And, you know, it was one of those weird things that God just planted this Um, anxiousness in my spirit before I ever got the phone call. And I didn't know what it was at the time, but um, when the secretary ran into my office and and relayed that information, I immediately grabbed my cell phone to call her, and she didn't answer. So I grabbed my keys and my purse, and I headed out. And uh, just to show the presence of the Lord, I, I jumped in my car, and, and before I even started it up, I just I just paused, and I said, Lord, please get me there. And um, when I turned the car on, I always listened to Christian music, and uh, it, we have a local Christian radio station, and the song that came on was Light Up the Sky by the Afters, and the lyrics of that song is, Light, light, light up the sky, light up the sky, and know that I am with you. And the interesting thing about that particular song, it wasn't just the lyrics, but that was Skylar's favorite song. And she loved it because it had her name in it. And so it was almost slow. Mm -hmm. It was almost like in that moment, you know, God just gave me this piece that gave me the ability to be able to drive to that scene of the accident because it was about 40 miles away. And so um, I, I, took off and uh, started driving and arrived at the scene. Um, It was very surreal. It was um, almost like a movie scene because you've got a string of cars and er emergency vehicles and helicopters. And and it was just um, a lot of chaos. 
And I drove up through the, the scene and uh, stopped the car. And then what happened next really is what changed the whole trajectory of why I do what I do now. Because I mean, I want to pause right there and, and just say this. Our family um, has always been very active in church. My husband has led worship. I've taught Sunday school. The girls were always active in youth. But I didn't realize until that moment uh, the complacency in my own heart for my own faith. And when I drove up to that scene, so on the outside, you know, we looked like a perfect Christian family. We could check the box on everything. But at that moment, I realized there is a big difference between running to church and running to Jesus. And he showed up in that car. When I sat there just gripping that steering wheel, looking at this chaos around me and and seeing a vehicle, the vehicle that my scholar was in, was upside down on the side of the road. And I just remember just crying out to him and saying, uh, God, I can't do this. And it was just this overwhelming peace and his voice in my spirit. And all he said was, I'm here. And I'll never forget that moment. Mm -hmm. And every time I repeat it to people, I still get choked up because his it was a tender voice, but it was a firm voice. And it just elevated his presence in our life that I I think I was way too busy to even hear it before. And now all of a sudden, all the static we live in, it just stopped in that moment. And then I found out, of course, at that scene that the one student fatality uh, was my own daughter, Skylar. So she ran into heaven Hmm. February the 17th, 2011. And I use the word ran into heaven because I know how much she loved Jesus. She had a quiet faith, but she loved him and she poured love into others because of him. And she lived her life wide open. So my visual is that she ran into heaven. Yeah. Yeah, I love that visual. So you went from helping your daughter pack her suitcase to planning a funeral that suddenly. How how do you do that? You know, it has to be His grace. Um, I think, and, and of course, everyone that usually listens to your podcast is a bereaved parent and uh There's just bits and pieces that God protects us from, too. And I was there on the scene, and, you know, I saw some images. But the thing is, I want to share this real quick story because I I think it's something that uh, God needs other hearts to hear. But when I was there on that scene, they were keeping me back. And I had a couple friends that had followed me there. I didn't know until I got there, but uh, they worked in the school with me, just dear friends. And they were with me, and we were waiting for David to get there, my husband and uh, my sister, we were waiting. But they wouldn't let me approach Skylar. You know, her vessel was still there. But there was a man that walked up to me, and it was as when he approached me, he ended up being a, a constable. But when he approached me, I just knew he was a safe place. And when I looked mm-hmm. into his eyes, the way the Lord used that man, that stranger, was nothing but supernatural. 
because he grabbed my hand and he said, I'm going to take you to let you see your daughter. And you're not going to see what I see. And you're not going to see what all these police officers see. You're going to see your daughter because that's who our God is. So I knew he was a believer. And uh, wow. about that same time, my husband gets there. And we do. We go and we look at my Skylar. And uh, there was nothing any different other than uh, my beautiful 15-year-old daughter who was asleep. And it was almost like, again, just God's presence was was there. It's hard to make that audible unless you've experienced it. But when you when you say, how do you go about packing a suitcase and then you're you're planning a funeral, it's mm-hmm. he truly does, it's not just words, he truly does carry us through the darkest moments in our in our life when we cry out to him. And uh, I was yeah. doing that because we've we've got to mm-hmm. do our part as believers and Christians, and, and our part is to put our faith in Him, but we have to cry out to Him. You know, I, I, love, I love God's Word, and there's so many scriptures that just reinforces what I'm, what I'm trying to explain. And, it, and, it's, and it's scriptures like in Isaiah 55, it says, Come, all who are, are thirsty. It also says, Call on Him while He is near. Look to the Lord for his strength. This is in First Chronicles. So these words, look and call and come, you know, seek the Lord with all your heart so he may be found. These verbs, we have to do our part. You know, we have to uh, pull ourselves towards him. He's there waiting, you know, with both tender arms mm-hmm. out waiting for us. But he loves us enough not to force us to do anything. That's what, that's what his free will is all about. And so many times I think, and I'm guilty, our pride gets in the way. You know, we think we're so strong, we can do things on our own. And and something like this, you know, life is too hard to do Mm. things on our own. And uh, we have a friend, a forever friend, his name is Jesus. And and so when it says, you know, in your distress, you called and I rescued you. I think Mm -hmm. that's what he would say to all of us. You know, in your distress, you called and I'm going to rescue you. Mm-hmm. And so I just lean into his yeah. truths, and uh, that's what I'm learning. That's that's what's evolving from being a complacent Christian to a Christian that seeks his face and falls to the feet of his cross. And I think I told you before we started this podcast, if it wasn't for him, if it wasn't for our Jesus, I couldn't be vertical. That's right. That's right. You know, I don't think until we started our conversation today that I realized that you were Skylar's principal, her high school yeah. principal. That's interesting because in our family, my husband was our daughter's high school principal. And, um, you know, of course, they had a very close relationship, he and both of our girls, because they saw each other at school, you know, all the time, every day. And it was very hard for him to return to his job. Yeah where Hannah always had been. You know, there was the place that she always sat in the cafeteria. There was the desk that she sat in in her English class. There was her locker that was no longer in use. And that was difficult for him. How was that for you to go back to work after that and deal with those things? Well, it was, um, 
difficult is a good word. If there was a harder word, I would come up with it. You know, I can relate to. <laughs> yes, um, like we don't have the vocabulary for it. Right. Um, because at our school, the outpouring of because it uh, her accident happened on a school trip. So the outpouring was elevated. Yes. So when I pulled up into the parking lot of our school, her name's on the ag building. When I walked the halls mm. of our school, her classmates, who are just near and dear to my heart to this day, they had taken, our school colors are blue and white. They had taken one of the locker, her locker, and painted it, you know, hot pink and black. And they put a, a, a deadbolt lock on it and had the maintenance guys cut a slot so that they could put notes in her locker. And nobody was going to use that mm. locker. She was a sophomore. Mm-hmm. And uh, when those kids became seniors and they graduated, they brought me all those notes. But um, it was difficult. I think my close work friends, um, who were also my friends outside of the school, they did things behind the scenes that I, I didn't realize until much later. You know, they were um, always checking on me. They were always making sure I was okay. And uh, I stayed at that school that year after. So it would have been the her class's junior year. But then it was like the Lord was nudging me to leave. And it and it wasn't, mm-hmm. um, it, my, my mindset was, you know what, these kids I've watched grow up, a lot of them have been in my home because they were a close group, we're a small community. And I didn't want them going into their senior year looking at me and being sad. And uh, I guess I didn't give them as much credit as I should because they are just an amazing, strong group of young people. So I did leave after their junior year. Um, But that being said, I also think the Lord pulled me out of there for my own health and my own protection, too. Mm. Because my husband, um, towards the end of that first year, I was there after the the tragedy he 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 made something he made a comment to me that woke me up he said becky i'm watching you come home and i feel like you're dying a little bit each day because i felt so obligated mm. to pour into these kids you know and i was i was ignoring my health i had lost a tremendous amount of weight wasn't even aware that i had lost that weight just because you know you just get busy after a tragedy, or at least I did, trying to, um, in my mind, I guess, at that point, figure out what am I I supposed to do? You know, Lord, what is it that you need me to do that I can help somebody else? You know, I was going about some things the wrong way. I didn't know it until a few years later when, you know, I just get some stillness with him and he starts revealing Okay, Becky, here's here's the path I'm going to put you on and stop working so hard because right. my grace is sufficient. You know, my burden is light. My uh-huh. yoke is easy. And uh, so there's been a lot of spiritual growth in my own walk because of the tragedy and what God has just uh, I've slowed down enough to allow him to speak to me and stay in his presence. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, our daughter died in February of her junior year of high school, just a couple of years before Skylar went to heaven. And one of the things I really struggled with was all the things that she missed out on, going to prom, getting to graduate, starting college, getting married. And I'm sure you experienced a lot of those same feelings. How did you deal with that? 
It was hard at first. I found myself uh, withdrawing from some things. But, you know, when you're at the school, you're not able to do that. But yes. I would I would intentionally, I would, in, you know, if they were passing out the senior rings or the letterman jackets or whatever, I would intentionally uh, remove myself from that. And I needed to do that. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, my heart mm-hmm. would just be too heavy. So I would I would recommend to folks who are new to this journey to guard their heart, allow themselves time to breathe, to not feel guilty, to not go to some things that would revisit unhealthy heaviness. Um, because as we yes. know, regardless of how far you are in the journey, you're going to have the ups and the downs and you're going to have the heaviness. But I think for your own physical, emotional, and even your spiritual health, early on, you've got to guard your heart. And so I had to turn down some invitations, you know. Yes. There was, there's people that have so many good intentions. And with Skylar, there were so many events to honor her. And they were sweet and they were precious, but they were, the more they came, especially that, that year and then her senior year, had she been there, it was just harder. And so my, my mm-hmm. advice, I guess, would just be to know your limits and to give yourself grace because the people that love you yes. are going to understand. So if you get that wedding invitation five years after the tragedy, then it or their their college graduation invitation, you don't have to attend to show your love and support for that person. And you know now here I am eleven years out, and um, her class is mostly getting most of them are married now. Some of them are having their own children now, yes. and so there's still that you know I can be happy for them, but the humanness of mm-hmm. my heart reflects back of, wow, uh, you know, I wonder what Skylar would look like and how many kids would she have now at right. 27. And uh, so yeah, yeah. It, it is it is something that you don't get over, but you get through mm-hmm. and you get through because mm-hmm. of Jesus. He just keep, he keeps taking us yeah, one absolutely. step at a time. So This concludes the first half of my conversation with Becky Carpenter. I hope you'll come back next week as we extend our chat to include a very practical discussion of issues faced by bereaved parents and to hear about how God is using One Day Closer Ministries. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to sharing the rest of our chat with you next Wednesday.